When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Friday, August 18th. Mark and I are on vacation. Woo! Very excited. Um, I'm very much looking forward to taking some time off. I hope you are taking some time off as the end of the summer rolls around. If you are great, maybe you've freed your mind and you can think about some of the, the maybe the big issues that are going on. You know, this is often when that occurs. In fact, Mark conceived of Jill on Money Live a year ago when he was flying overseas. Uh, Imagine my surprise when I woke up and received a PowerPoint presentation from Mark and his wife about how we needed to create a subscription service. So um, Mark birthed that idea as he was just thinking. His mind was wandering and maybe his kid was asleep on the plane, which was good. And uh, whatever it was, that is sometimes where your best ideas emerge when you just have a little bit of space. That's why vacations are so awesome. Do you have enough space to think about yourself and what's going on in your life? Do you need some assistance? Mark and I are here to help. Go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. Let us know if you would like to come on the air, but otherwise we'll do some emails and that would be just fine with us. So, oh, by the way, in that Jill on Money live service, it has been birthed and you can pay $35 and get quarterly live webinar access and lots of special content. I'm very excited because we now have two more interviews up, two more bonus interviews. We have cybersecurity expert, Adam Levin. And we also have Chris Gillibo, who's got a new book out. Mark, the guy is so prolific. It bugs me. He's really, he's amazing. And uh, he's the guy who created Side Hustle. And you'll hear his whole life story and it's very cool, but he does have a new take on um, where we are in the universe called Gonzo Capitalism. That's the name of his book. And the interview lives behind the paywall. So check it out. All right, let's do some emails because Mark says we got to. This is from a Mark, not our Mark. Mark writes, I have 14,000 shares of Apple stock, which represents about 40%, 40% of my net worth. Now, gang, you know, I don't like that. 
I know it's worked out. Apple stock is amazing. 40% of your net worth. Oh my God. I'm using dividends to pay most of my property taxes, which are about $14,800 a year. My financial advisor is encouraging me to sell some shares um, by writing covered calls. What's your thought on this? I am retired. I make $100,000 a year in social security and investments. Well, covered calls is basically a strategy where you own the stock and you sell a derivative product against the stock that can either force you to sell or you collect the money. If the stock doesn't go up by enough, you collect the money of the option contract that you've sold. And, you know, look, it can work for sure. There's no doubt that, you know, using covered calls can can work. But here's a more interesting question to ask. You make $100,000 a year, right? Are you married or single? We don't know. But let's presume, let's say you're single, okay? Why not just sell some of it? Why not just sell some of the stock and pay 15% capital gains? Not a lot, but a little bit at a time. You know, like what's the downside of that? Your risk right now is, you didn't say how old you are, but your risk is that capital gains shift on you and that you have not been able to capture the uh, amazing ride of Apple by selling. And would it be so bad? I mean, you've got two and a half million dollars in a stock. So maybe you got $5 million total. I don't even know if I'd mess around with covered calls. I just might sell some or give some away or use, if you're charitable, use it to fund a, um, a charitable gift fund. I don't know. I need to know more about you. But if you're, if you have a hundred thousand dollars and you're in income and you're retired, I would much prefer to start selling some of this stock, just peeling off a little bit at a time so that you stay at the 15% capital gains rate. And let's see where you stand. I like that as a strategy better than covered calls. Anyway, this is from Tom who says, my wife and I have uh, some of our assets with Fidelity and those are in bond funds. We're losing money. We want to make money without much risk. Can you advise? Yes, I can advise that when you invest in bond funds and bond prices go down, you lose money mark to market. It has nothing to do with fidelity. It has to do with the asset class you're invested in. And so to me, this is one of those questions that really begs the the bigger issue, which is you're investing in bond funds for what? For stability of income, for long term, to have a ballast to create some interest um, and, and dividends from these bond funds over time. I don't really think it's a fidelity problem. If you don't like bond funds, then you'll you're, you'll either be all in stocks, which you say you don't want because you want something that's safer, or you have to buy individual bonds, which you can buy right now. I mean, I, I'll tell you what, maybe I'd sell my bond funds and start buying some individual bonds. You hold them to maturity and you get your money back. And you don't have to worry about the fluctuations between now and the time they mature. But the other alternative is that you're just investing in cash, cash equivalents. And they're paying great money right now, but they won't forever. Again, not a fidelity problem, bond problem. I know that you have so many questions about bonds and bonds are really in a very tumultuous period. Last year, they were down in price. This year, they are now also down in price because the 10-year treasury is rising, the highest level in about a year right now as I record this. But what I want everyone to understand is just the way bonds work and why we use them. 
one of the things that you understand about bonds is that you're not buying them in the same way that you are buying stocks. You're buying bonds to create ongoing interest income or yield, right? And the way that bond funds and bonds in general are priced is against the prevailing rate of other bonds that are like them. So when bond yields are rising overall, the price goes down. Why? Of your bond. Because anyone can go out and buy a new issue bond and get a higher interest rate. That's all you have to remember. That's why we say, oh, bond prices and their yields are usually inversely related. Okay. So what you need to think about as an investor is why you buy bonds. It's not just for appreciation. In fact, it's for income. It's for stability. And yeah, the price can get hammered from time to time last year, now this year. But overall, what we're hoping for is creating an asset class that acts differently than your other asset classes and does provide a ballast against the volatility. I know it hasn't worked last year, not working so much this year, but over the long term, it will work. Doug writes that they had an elder law attorney draft a will. um, And he said, we are 57 years old. And he said, it looks like the location where we drafted the will is gone. And now there's an office which is an hour and a half from us. And we want an attorney that's closer to us within the 30-minute drive. How do I find a new reputable elder attorney near me to update our will and uh, to help my 80-year-old mother-in-law to update a trust? Thank you for your time. Okay, Doug, I don't think you want an elder law attorney. I think you want an estate attorney. What I would do in in your case is if you live in a small area, I would go to an accountant to kind of find out some names of folks, or uh, you might want to go to other attorneys from uh, in other areas. Like, do you know someone who's like a realtor who knows someone who's in real estate law? And you say, hey, does your firm have an estate attorney, a qualified estate attorney? That's what you need. I'd be very, very cautious about this category of attorneys called elder care, because they're usually the people who charge you a bunch of money to throw your house in a trust when you may not need that. So just be careful. Okay. Tony writes, I retired a year ago. My wife has a pension um, net $28.35 per month. Tony says, I've got $1.8 million saved, $183,000 in checking, $247,000 in credit union. Healthcare is covered with my company retirement plan, and we spend about $6,000 a month. I'm 62. My wife is 61. I just want an expert opinion. First of all, Tony, I just absolutely adore the fact that you were able to write out all of those numbers because that's how we in the media business like a nice script written for us. So thank you for that. Second, I think that when you look at your situation, $2,800 a month and you spend $6,000 a month, what else do we have coming in? Well, I mean, you can spend a bunch of this money down, but when when are you going to claim Social Security? Because obviously, if you want to spend six grand and you've got twenty eight hundred, and maybe you'll have another, I don't know, two or three thousand coming in from Social Security, should be okay. But you're going to have to say spend some of that one point eight million dollars. If you retired a year ago and your wife has a pension, no one's working at all. 
I don't know, Mark, this is going to be toughy. They're going to have to spend money for like five years. They're going to have to spend, uh, I think they're okay. I think they're going to have to take the money out of the 1.8 million account. Even 3% out of that will generate about, I was doing the math, 3% out of that 1.8 plus the pension will give them about 7,300 a month. So that seems good. I mean, that I think that'll be all right for you. I really do. So this is from Bet or Betty. I think it's Bet. This is from Bet. What are your thoughts on a transfer on death deed? I'm 72 years old. I'm widowed. I live in a condo. It was purchased in 1998 for 80 grand. It's now valued at $800,000. My daughter will inherit the condo. I was advised by an estate planner to put it into a transfer on death deed, which I've done. And I'm wondering if it was a good move. I live on a pension, social security, and annuity on which I'm drawing, excluding my condo. I've got $1.8 million in investments and savings. Uh, Transfer on death is fine. As long as we're preserving your your daughter's right to get a step-up-in-cost basis, that's the big thing. And so the, the issue here is that I think that the attorney wanted to do this because, and this is probably the rule of your state, that when you can do this, this asset, your condo, um, would be transferred by a deed, by a legal conveyance, not by probate. And I'm presuming that's why. And I also presume that the money and investments and savings, if it's retirement, if your daughter is the beneficiary, that will transfer as much as possible. If we can get people to do transfer on death accounts and deeds, it does make it easier, even if you are married to um, convey your assets to your heirs, okay? (sighs) All right, so Mark, hey, that's it. So this is exciting. I I love it when we bang through our emails. So I appreciate everybody who has written us. And remember, if you'd like to come and join us on the program, all you need to do is go to our website, jillonmoney.com. Just check off that little contact us button. Check the box if you want to come on the air. Mark does everything else. Sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Check out all the stuff that lives on the website. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is the executive producer and web king. We are distributed by Cadence 13. If you wouldn't mind, do something nice for someone else today. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.